What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of High Minded with McCarter. I'm your host, McCarter. I'm her co-host, SK. Today, we talk to Amy Noodleman, the founder of Joy Gum and Joy Bombs, which are cannabis-infused confections brand here in Colorado. They are so yummy. We were just eating some of the infused Joy Bombs They're so good. They're delicious. We talked to Amy about her journey starting the company, navigating Colorado's cannabis industry from afar, and then all on her own once she got here to Colorado about five years ago. And Joy Gum has been taken off ever since. Yeah, I love the Joy Gum. And they just launched the Joy Bombs this year, so they're a newer product. They're delicious. They're so, so good. They're basically like a fruit chew it's circular in size and has a like hard shell on the outside. Yeah, it is indistinguishable almost from a candy that is one of my childhood favorites. We're so. not allowed to say Skittles, so we're not going to say Skittles. Absolutely, we would never say yeah. Skittles in this situation. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. never. <laughs> Amy is such a visionary. She basically talked all about her journey of She was really high in Amsterdam with her husband back in 2007, I think it was. And he's a confectionery master. Right. He basically is one of the few people in the world that know how to make gum and the specific ingredients of making chewing gum. So it's a really interesting niche kind of story and um, place to be in the market. And I think it's really great because it's gum is so discreet. Mm -hmm. So like introducing cannabis to it, when most people think of cannabis as being like smelly, smoky, just not clean at all. And I just feel like gum is very like, oh, immediately cleans my mouth. Totally. Gets, yeah, gets rid of my like, you know, fresh, bad breath. Yeah, I really like it for the fact that it's sublingual and it just absorbs so quickly. That delivery system is so like not as tapped into as I think it should be. It's really weird because I feel like there was a moment where that sort of technology was the forefront and people were talking about it a lot and it... I think COVID I think COVID hit yeah. and it really slowed down the innovation happening in mm-hmm. the market because now people are only worried about that bottom dollar and bottom line. How much is flour costing and how much is stuff moving? Like yeah. if stuff isn't moving off the shelves quickly in a week, then they're so reluctant to bring it on into a dispensary. So it's so interesting, like what goes into that purchasing decision. Too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like product categories are all kind of lumped in mentally together, but it's yeah. like people aren't buying lotion at the same rate that they're buying flour or edibles. For, yeah. So right. it's, it's really totally different consumption rate. Although I can tell you I'm eating these Joy Bombs at a crazy consumption rate. Yeah, the the way that they were delivered to us um, in one large bag. We got some samples that were a pre a tester. This was like a test batch. Mm-hmm. New flavors coming out. So. Yeah. But yeah, Amy is so, so amazing and incredible and just talks about, yeah, like SK mentioned, like getting into the Colorado market, moving from Baltimore, Maryland, first of all, to a new state and trying to navigate a whole new cannabis business when you're just a regular person coming from... She had a dental hygienist background and still does some of that work. And yeah, craziness. Yeah, it was really cool just to see how perseverance can be 
the oh, yes. key thing in like making a business happen. Just sticking That's with it. That's a theme for yeah. sure. We love you, Amy. You're the best. Thanks, Amy. And everyone check out Joy Gum or Joy Bombs if you're in the Colorado area. Or Massachusetts. They're or, coming to Massachusetts. Oh my God, yes. You, you heard it here first. Maybe, maybe not. That they are launching in Massachusetts. They will be available hopefully by like November, December. Nice. Yes. So shout out to our episode sponsor today, Randy's Resin Guard. We love you guys. You They invented this really cool resin guard that is better than water, and it is for all of your water pipes or bongs that you would normally put water into. So it's clear. It looks exactly like water, and they use all safe food-grade ingredients and materials, but do not drink it. <laughs> it's not safe to drink. Yeah, it doesn't have any flavor or smell to it, so it is almost indistinguishable outside of that it's not water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it keeps my stuff so clean. But so. yeah, it keeps your pipes really, really clean, a lot cleaner than just regular tap water that you would that I would normally use. And yeah, we just took a couple hits out of the bong and it's so clear. It looks like no one even hit it. Catch them at randys.com and Randy's at Randy's Wired on Instagram. And as always, follow me on Instagram at McCarter Gets High. And follow the podcast at High Minded Pod, but our website is highmindedpodcast.com. Slight difference there. And SK is amazing and uploaded all of our episodes to YouTube. Thank yes. you so much for doing that. Uh, so if you're a YouTube person, they're up now and we're going to start doing video soon. Mm-hmm. That's like a next year 2023 plan, like top of the list. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also please... Give us some reviews if they're nice. Yeah. And if you think that you'd watch us on Twitch or Discord or any of those things, yeah. let us know. We're, we're open to suggestions. We're we- always open to suggestions. Like, that's why I said only post a review if it's nice. Like, if it's a bad <laughs> review, just email me personally. <laughs> I want to talk to you personally. <laughs> yes. But um, thanks again for listening. We love y'all so much. And as always, stay high. My name is Amy Noodleman, and I am actually, I guess, the brainchild behind Joy Gum. Um, I'm the founder. My husband has been making chewing gum for, I don't know, 25 plus years. And on a trip with my husband, a business trip to Antwerp and a trip to Amsterdam, I came up with the idea of cannabis-infused chewing gum. Probably 2007 was when I originally started thinking about it. And it was just like in the back of my mind for years. And I would like joke about it and talk about it, but I kind of always wanted to do it. So just a dream um, that I just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until it happened. So uh, since then, we've come out with more products and we've expanded into a brand called Joyables. And I'm not alone anymore. I've merged with a company called RMZ Colorado, which is it's it's good and it's bad. It's mm-hmm. just it's just what you have to do to survive. Yeah. So I, I did what I had to do, but we move on and we're getting ready to uh, expand into other uh, other markets. So Massachusetts is on the horizon. Yay! Awesome. And we were so just exciting. eating your newest product, the Joy Bombs. Yes. Which is like a a fruit chew with like a hard candy coating and. 
This is all for entertainment purposes, just so, so we can say we can say whatever we'd like, and we don't need to worry about getting sued, basically. Okay. Um, but by a company that makes uh, non non infused yeah. candy fruit shoes. So <laughs> part of my thoughts in the process, and I'm actually the person who does the R and D. Now Dave did a lot of R and D on the gum because that's so specialized. But as candies roll out, their mine is to not necessarily recreate the wheel. Why don't we go with something people are familiar with and really love? Yeah. yeah. I can't think of any, and of course, in this industry, you really can't call it candy. Right. Some sweet kind of confection <laughs> or chew. Right. I know. Whoops. Or, I, are, I say can't. I'm just, it comes so quickly. But then, yeah, because candy is associated with children. So we can't say that. <laughs> we took it, I think it was was the, uh, was it the rooster? We just took a, a an honorary mention and it said candy on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because they didn't know where to put us. Because there's so many gummies, and we've said this forever, they just need a gummy edible category, category, Mm -hmm. period. Let them just compete amongst themselves. Why would you even consider anything else? There must be a hundred of them. And to put gum in the same category as gummies. So the gum yeah, that doesn't make any sense was either. originally developed as a, it really is a sublingual, truly. Mm-hmm. It's so water neat. soluble. Oh, cool. So there's some there's some tricks to the to the gum that you need to know. Um, one is you don't want to drink anything with it while you're chewing. But when you chew it, you'll notice it gets kind of it's hard, then it gets real soft, and that's when all of the the active is being released, and that you're Trying not to, you just want to kind of like savor it, basically. Okay. And let it set in. Let it set in because you're going to absorb sublingually a little bit. So did you have to do any sort of like micro? um So yeah, it is. We actually hold a patent. So this was another fun aspect. When, When it was time to trademark patent such and such, we were concerned that you couldn't, and it kind of is hard. We're very yeah, what was your patent experience? Uh, none. <laughs> none. My experience, I was a dental hygienist for 25 years at this point, 20 years. My experience was none. It was a dream. <laughs> uh, but I guess my advice is if you have a dream, don't give up. Just keep fighting. It might take longer than you thought. but Yeah, it's like everyone that we've met who's like made their dream a reality does it by perseverance and yeah and just it like, really is perseverance yeah, and not giving up 100% perseverance yeah because now that you said that was 2007 it's 2022 that's mm-hmm. almost like 15 wow. years later but the brand started how many years ago here in Colorado so we actually launched in 2008 September, October, the fall of 2018. Okay. So we were we got our license in the beginning of 2018. Um, we were rocking and rolling pretty good through it. Um, got good distribution. People were pretty open to it. Although, again, I want to say it's a really lightweight, heady, high product. And here in here in Colorado. Uh, people really want something kind of heavy hitting often. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so they want the concentrates and the high and teach. the low dose thing still wasn't quite caught on yet. Yeah. Um, I think some of the markets like Massachusetts, microdosing is really popular. There's a lot of boomers that like the microdosing. Okay. Here in Colorado, they're starting to catch on, but in yeah. the beginning, it was just like you walked into a dispensary and somebody had eight colors of hair, and <laughs> you know what I mean. And I think a lot. I do think that some of the older people 
people weren't really understanding yet, and it was so early. It was that, a little off-putting, too. Yeah, off-putting, like, and I think that now there's so much discussion, and, uh, you know, it was on the front of AARP. You know, I mean, I think <laughs> since yeah. how many years has it been now? They're starting to get more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. 10 but, years of legalization. And now time for a quick commercial break. Big shout out today to our episode sponsor, Randy's. They make this new resin guard that is better than water for any of your water pipes or bongs. We just hit it out of the bong and it was so great, so smooth, and the bong is looking so clear. Better than water for sure. Super clean, very fresh. Incredible. We also love their original products, which are the wired rolling paper, so you don't have to use a tip or filter. Check them out at randys.com or at randyswired on Instagram. Well, can you tell us more about how you made the move from Baltimore to Colorado and like acquired a license and all that jazz? My husband is Dave, and he is the genius behind chewing gum. So there's very few people in the world that make chewing gum. To just summarize it and wrap it up, he was working as a, a consultant, a private consultant, So he had a number of people. He had customers pretty much international. So it really didn't matter where he lived. He was just going to have to get up for the calls maybe a little (laughs) bit earlier. Okay. So it was a long story leading up to that, and I was pushing for it for a number of years. And after about three years of being a consultant, I said, hey— all you have to do is change your office location. It doesn't matter. So I basically kind of, and this is our relationship after 30 some years is I'll push and push and push. But finally he gave in. He said, okay. Mm-hmm. And on this one, there were some others he hasn't. So <laughs> It's all about compromise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somebody's got to compromise always. <laughs> 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 just depends on what's happening. Yeah. So so we finally moved out here. I also had my dental hygiene license when I came, backup plan, because that is what I did for so many years, and I definitely know that I know how to do that. Yeah. Where this was just like, hey. So before I came, I had downloaded all of the information about licensing, um, hard copy, like like highlighting it, like studied, like and it's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And if you call the licensing board here, they won't answer your information at, at question at all. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you you have to like get an attorney and take a gas space. I mean, it's really not wow. one of the things different about Massachusetts. That's great. They have a CCC Cannabis Control Commission, which to me is a nicer name than the MED always <laughs> Marijuana Enforcement Deli- Division. Yeah. So anyway, if you call, they'll tell you you have to email, and then you get an email, and they sh- they give you the clause in the licensing that you have a question about. Oh Here it gosh. is. Wow, here's information that you're asking for. I'm like, I totally don't understand this at all. Yeah, uh, and they just give no explanation. No. So we muddled. I muddled through it. I'm going to say so without they, a lawyer. We no, we didn't know lawyer. So cool. I did this all on my own. I I am actually the, the I was the owner. Dave didn't, and we had business reasons and personal reasons. So I I was on the line with the license. Wow, badass, um, and probably all the basically all the debt that went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we were a team in the background on the front side, it was me. Yeah, he has his own business at the time still. 
his he still had his his consulting, which is called SAS Development. Um, so he still kind of maintained a little bit, but some of his his clients dropped off. So we ended up getting a license in Aurora, and at the time, it really had to do with where you could find a location. So here in Colorado, there really is no limit to who can get a license. And aside from the social equity stuff, which is another story, in my opinion, all they needed to do was remove, you know, a, a nonviolent felony offense or the things that stopped all those people on social equity. Because as a woman, as somebody with no money, <laughs> we went we went into this uh, just personally self self backed. So we financed wow. it ourselves. So we we upped and moved. We rented a house over here on this side of town in Lafayette. So I love I love this part of the state. And um, we looked for looked and looked until we found a location. At the time, it was very difficult. I ended up in Aurora. Applied for the Aurora license. They were fantastic. Applied for the state license. Did it myself. You just have to go through. It's like any other state or federal application. I mean, it is doable. But it is it's kind of like feels teeth. It's a it's like feels very dicey. Like you're like tax form. Is this correct? Yeah. Like is this the did I? It's like, like is oh, that what they item eleven C was wrong? So the whole thing's rejected. Like so it was it was nerve wracking. And honestly, I got backed up. I think more on my renewal. And if there's something wrong, they contact you if there is a problem. So they don't just reject you. They're just like, okay. hey, you're That's missing nice. such. Well, it's expensive. I mean. Oh. You're talking about thousands of dollars, so you know why wouldn't they want you to try to get it through? But we—I was simple. I didn't have like five investors, and they ask for everything. They really ask oh, for everything. So they want like your like financial statements, a hundred percent history. All of it. They want to know what you have in the bank. They want to wow. have. Wow. They're like, give us all your information. They want to. You have fingerprints, obviously, full background check, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they are. I feel like they've lightened up a little bit over the years that they realized that maybe it was overkill and you couldn't, at the time, you couldn't take money from outside. Anybody lived out the side of the state, you couldn't take money from them, oh. but you couldn't get a bank loan either. So everybody was limited to who could go into this business. Yeah. Wow. So do you think that the level of regulation in Colorado is um, too much, not enough? I I feel like everywhere to a degree there's over-regulation or I should say Mm over-taxation. I think there should be some degree of regulation. I mean, there's no question about it, but so many licenses given out, it's not right now there's so many businesses going under because, again, it's supply and demand and there's just so much here in this state. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad. Yeah, we're losing yeah. a lot of good stuff, and it's a lot of the little stuff because obviously, as it takes big money. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were just talking about. She's a big proponent of like the free market, and I was so hard. And I was like, well, yes, like I agree that the free market is good, but it just big money is always going to win against the small yeah. local craft people, mom and pop people, and that's where it gets so sad and dicey. Is like I don't really support huge corporate capitalism, you know? I think it'd be nice if they could make a way for both because everybody likes the finer stuff. And I think there will trickle down and be, but starting with licensing, you know, the corporate pays the same amount of licensing fee as the little guy does. Right. So for example, my licensing fee at the time in Aurora was $15,000 a year. Whoa. And then I still had another 3500 in state licensing fee plus 
badges. Oh my this gosh. This is it's honestly so expensive. A, the libertarian in me is like on fire, just anger. Like that is so yeah. to do that to small business. And and I'm a small business. Right. So here we are self-funded because you can't get so a load. It's all and Dave's like out of your pocket. And Dave's like put maybe maybe at some point you'll be like it's because it's women owned, you'll like get some kind of grant money or something will happen. <laughs> Not no. Like, <laughs> Didn't they just being want a woman does money. <laughs> and that's the state just being like greedy with like where they could it's put like that money basically. Tabor. And the feds are on the back end here hovering because of course you've got They'll take your tax money, right? But they don't let you deduct anything. Mm. Oh so it's very gosh. contradictory. But again, if you're in the industry for years, it's like, well, but but it's okay. This is we signed up. We right. knew there was, but as it's trickling down, and I, I had a feeling at some point you would start to see this where a lot of people folded in this state, because, I, well, I think COVID added to the tumult yeah. and supply issues, in everything. The so maybe it sped it up, but tourism factor has declined because we've, uh, what is it, 18 rec states now. Yeah. Yep. So there's other places to go. And like other pla- like New York is one of the only states now that has like, you can actually smoke outside, which I think is so dumb that Colorado hasn't done yet, that you can consume I cannabis. I don't know what the law is called. It's like an open- Open consumption. Yeah. And I just think we, I talked to you, there's no consumption lounges here. That new Jebs that just opened. There's one, there's like a couple, there's like one or two. There should be, especially open air spaces, whether it's a, you know, and and it's a catch 22 again, uh, how I feel about alcohol consumption along with cannabis, because I think mixed together, lots of times it doesn't go well. Yeah. Especially for newbies. Did you even ever consider even doing like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like a one milligram? So here in Colorado, there's some stuff we've talked about that may not even roll in Colorado. We might just take it to another market because Mm -hmm. it's just so finicky here. Like a one milligram here, like the bud tenders, they don't want to talk about a one milligram here. But if it comes in a pack of like 40, 50, 100. Once we can break it with these. Mm -hmm. And again, we were looking at um, some other product types. It's it's tough here. It's hard to get shelf space and it has to be something pretty solid. Yeah, that's definitely true. We were talking about shelf space and how... uh Limited a commodity it is in most dispensaries. Even when it's not, they say it is. It's like well, and right now times are tight. Now's honestly, yeah, we're gonna see a lot of and, things, yeah, changing, a lot of turnover. And I do feel yeah. like there is a bit of an obstacle with bud tender education because a lot of bud tenders usually consume a lot, mm-hmm. so that's dabbing or smoking a lot of flour. They're not even taking or considering a small edible. So then they're not even going to tell people about it. They would probably really like it when they come into the store, like a tourist that needs just a very small microdose to try it. And yeah, it's just sad. I I think that is, is a, a big obstacle that I see as well. Well, I'll let you know as we spread across the country, if yeah. the, every market is like that, I'm hoping that some markets aren't. I, I know for a fact at this point, microdosing is a lot more accepted in, in some areas actually desired yeah. in Massachusetts. So they were really, really stoked to see the 2.5 and they actually did ask about a lower dose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love the 10 to 1 peppermint joy gum. It is my favorite. I know. It's such a such a hard topic because yeah. 
Again, everybody was barking for THC, mm-hmm. but it costs a lot of money to produce a THC, a, a, excuse me, a CBD product they were barking for, but it costs a lot of money still in a, in a MIP yeah. to how manufacture do you, it. How do you dose and what, um, do you use distillate? Uh, no. Okay. So yes and no. So talking about the gum, the, the gum is, <clears throat> excuse me, full spectrum okay. oil, um, CO2 extracted. That works the best. We tried everything. With the texture. With the texture, with the taste. It you go ahead and try it if you yeah, like. I'm like I'm gonna it does it have a little teeny tiny bit of a hashiness in the background, which again is debatable. Some people like it, some people hate it. Yeah. You can never please everybody. So we tried to get oh, something oh, that at that's least my was my favorite. Um, so everybody wanted CBD and it just is not a big enough seller for how much we have to manufacture and how much it costs to do that. And unfortunately, as much as we want to leave everything out there, we still have a business with huge expenses to run. And you got to prioritize. Yes. So I'm good. So the gum, and it's great. This Mm. is my favorite. It's going to get rid of your cotton mouth. Yummy. Mm. And it's it's peppermint, so like it makes your breath better. I love peppermint. Like peppermint mints are my vice. Dave is the best peppermint mint maker mm-hmm. in the world. He does the sweet. I like it a little How did sweet. He learn this peppermint gum is amazing. This is say. literally the <laughs> that's best. the sweet mint that I love so much. That sweet mm-hmm. mint flavor. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Same. This is this stuff really is good for upset stomachs as well. Um, like nausea. Yeah. It, it seems to work really well for nausea. And, and hangovers. And, <laughs> and just recently, obviously, we've got somebody that just reported back that it's helping tremendously with some MS. Wow. And, and somebody with, with cancer that it's really tremendously helping. And that's on the gum front. Yeah. Um, helping them just sleep and mm-hmm. eat. It helps, I think, with anxiety tremendously. And when you're having all these other issues, getting some of the anxiety under control is a huge yeah. benefit. Yeah. As well as the other stuff. Um, then we we were also asked for a lower dose than the the, the single serve 10 milligrams. Okay. So we came out with the mango. We, the mango five milligram pack and we did it at a 50 milligram thinking that price point would make a difference. And you know what? That doesn't matter either. Really? <laughs> wow. If they either want to try it or they want to buy it, I think. Okay. So, but the the... There is one location that just lo- loved these two. Uh, it was the Green Solution, actually. So we kept okay. putting off discontinuing just because they they were popular there. Nice. Okay. So their bud tenders are less biased on and more Logos. customer facing. I think. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. They kind of leave be. their opinions out of it. That's how like, it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just try to give like accurate advice of what they think. What the customer is looking for and mm-hmm. try to point them in the right direction. Right. Based Interpreting on, what the customer is saying. Yeah. I think it started off that way. And I think there's such a turnover that it's just probably exhaustive to mm-hmm. make sure everybody's well enough educated. Yeah. Especially places that have such high volume. It can just, yeah, like another interaction. Okay, take this same brand. Oh, you want that? Here's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I've stood in stores where somebody's like, Well, what do, what are you looking for? Uh, gummies. And that's that's it. Okay, so we have this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't say, Oh, well, actually I think you might really like these because all of these joy gum, joy bombs, they do not melt, mm-hmm. unlike gummies. And, and they taste amazing. And they taste say. incredible. <laughs> And they're microdose, like, and it's just so good. I just love, I just love these. They're very 
very convenient. And the mm-hmm. the, the chewing gum is like a go-to. And it's in my purse at all times, <laughs> everywhere I've, I go. I've said that about the and gum that, yeah. that should be in your purse. That that was it one is. of my selling points. It's yeah. not something that you, like, if you're a smoker, you, you just have your routine. But the gum, there are certain times that you just need to pull mm-hmm. this out. I had an it's incident amazing. where I, I was... I had all kinds of appointments, and at the time I was doing sales, and I lost my my badge. Mm. And you can't get into a store; yeah, you can't do anything without a badge. <laughs> totally. And I had a, I had a pop up to do. I I was I, I've done everything, so I went into panic mode, uh. and I gave a call to somebody, and the advice was take a deep breath, chew a piece of gum, <laughs> and two pieces two pieces later for me. Um, I was just like, okay, I still have this crisis going on, but let me make a list of what needs to happen. And and that was, I called up the store and they were like, well, as long as you're standing in the lobby and you don't come in the bud room, that you'll be okay. No, no live product. Okay, great. So I knew I could still do that. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Backtracked and then found out that the next day I could go and get another one for $20. So it wasn't as big of a... Oh, wow, nice. You go to Lakewood for... A ride and twenty bucks, and you mm-hmm. get it covered. So get you know, a replacement. Yeah. Once again, just it's great for problem solving. Yes. Anxiety. Taking a deep breath. When I was formulating, I called it mom gum. I was always looking for people to try it that could give me really honest feedback because mm-hmm. feedback is a t- comes uh, honest, not opinionated. Whether you, you know, just the honest feedback. Um, and again, when I mean opinionated, if you're a really high dose user, sometimes you can't look at it as the product. You're like, it didn't get me high enough, but uh-huh. look at it as did it was the 10 milligrams accurate or the 20? Yeah. But anyway, um, moms, moms with little kids, mm-hmm. stealthy, makes you, it just makes you a smoother, easier, happier parent. Yeah. Both of my parents really like it and they're really liking the 10 to 1 for pain in their like knee. Like my dad's getting That's awesome. a it's- knee replacement. I forgot to tell you this. I uh, gave them, a, a, you know, I'm really big into gifting products. Um, although they live in Missouri. While they're here in Colorado. They're, but I give it. Yeah. <laughs> while they're visiting. They only eat it while they're here in Colorado. <laughs> they obviously. Would never cross an arbitrary But while line. they're here, they feel really good on those right. little hikes they're going yes. on. My dad was like... I literally don't feel any pain and I haven't felt this way in months, years. And he's like, and I, he takes all the different, tries all the different pain medicine. He gets the cortisone shots. Like he's done, he's tried all the different stuff. Like he's even does like hormone pellets and like crazy stuff. So So, good to hear. But this is literally something that works. And I literally just try to, I give this 10 to 1 to everyone. Honestly, I'm chill right now. It hits quick. I've never felt CBD like this. Isn't it great? This And the sublingual, in my opinion, is the best and most efficient delivery system for cannabis and plant-based medicine products because- there's no carcinogens. There's no. There's no the smoking aspect. Mm-hmm. Any it doesn't go through your liver. Doctor will give it to you as a preferable way to administer medications. Mm-hmm. It's not always the most pleasant, but it, it's probably the best way to get it really quickly into your bloodstream. Yeah. The trouble we've had with this is you chew it, and I figured this out on my own. Um, if you're drinking a beverage, you you don't get that oral absorption. Mm-hmm. And so I almost try, like, once I get it softened, I'll, like, almost try to blow bubbles with it, mm-hmm. even though it's not quite ready, just to kind of keep it 
spread, so okay. to speak. So the gum took a little bit of um, education. It wasn't easy to roll out at the time. Microdosing wasn't big um, and small doses. Uh, so one of the things I came up with that it's great for is flower's best friend. So if you dab or you're a smoker and then you hit the road, if you take a take it with you, you get a little cotton mouth, you chew a couple pieces, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you start to feel really nice and it mm-hmm. just kind of extends it out. Also so- then I wouldn't be worried then, even if you do get pulled over and you don't smell you s- like you smell like weed. You smell, you smell like, like gum. peppermint, gum. like gum. It is <laughs> that's rather what I think about under the radar. <laughs> it's yeah, it is definitely discreet. It's very it's one it of its nicest, the most characteristics thing you could. Yeah, yeah, and I just love chewing gum. Honestly, mint gum. What did you say? Nostalgic. It's actually a stress reliever. Too? Yes, mm-hmm. gum is absolutely a hundred percent a cortisol uh, excreter. Okay. Yeah, so it it helps it helps reduce your stress for sure. And I read this too. It's that by fact. for dogs as well. Like it really helps them calm down when they're like chewing bones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the same kind of for humans. Clenchers and grinders. If you think about how many people, and that's like when you're stressed, people. Mm. So, as a dental hygienist, one of the things I always say is chew a piece of gum because it's a lot less damaging to all of your your teeth and all of your musculature. Yeah. Than than chewing. So much sense. Well, I spent a lot of years in the chair with time to think about this. (laughs) (laughs) Looking in people's mouths. (laughs) That is just brilliant. So. Like, okay, so your dental hygienist background uh-huh. and your husband is an international expert on bubble gum. Well, yeah, how did which, he yeah, how did get into that? <laughs> yeah, to go back to that question from earlier. So it's actually kind of a funny, funny how it happened. He was working for a company and they had a division that made candy. Um, but and, you can't disclose what company? Well, it was called ANA Global <laughs> and, and it was Coco's Confection. Okay. was who he worked for. It was actually a friend. They went back years. We're still friends. They're actually a small investor. They became a small investor Aww. in me. And they're who I go to when I need some business advice often. Oh they're gosh, awesome. That's great. So Dave worked worked for Coco's and Steve just wanted like a Willy Wonka factory. He just wanted to so <laughs> oh, Dave. Don't we all? Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Dave, Dave's background surprisingly is he's got a, a degree in um, finance and management. So he's not a background in science, and people call him the gun. I shouldn't tell anybody the gum scientist, but like a lot of things, and it's interesting. A lot of scientists have come to him over the years because sometimes being too scientific blows it because you have to make it taste good too. Mm. There's a balance. Yep. So anyway, he um, he was making nutraceuticals and tablets and different stuff, and. Somehow he crossed paths with this guy, Mike, Mike Hendricks, who is from Belgium. And I think, I don't know if Mike was selling something or was referred to him somehow. And they really didn't do business together. They kind of became friends. And they used to play games. They used to play computer games. But they had some business stuff, but they didn't do business. But they always hoped one day to do business. So they became friends. I don't, I can't tell you the exact, exact. And, um... At some point, Mike, who owned uh, was part owner in a company called Eurobase, which was one of the only privately owned gum-based companies because they were up against like Mondelez and Wrigley's, and there's very few. And okay. most gum-based companies make their own gum, so they can control who they sell gum to. And gum is a natural product. No, well, there is natural gum, and we know about that too. Okay, and then there's gum. 
there's gum that's not natural, which is basically rubber, plastics, emulsifiers. It's okay. like a attire. Oh my god. <laughs> we got lots of them, so <laughs> wait. Stop. It, I mean I in an edible, that. you know what I mean? It, but think about it. It's yeah. got sugar in it, so what's Tact. left behind is polymers. Yeah. So it's just left with, but it's not a bad thing. It's okay. just, it's you're exercising. I'm like, we're made of plastic. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I'll tell you, so there's a whole big debate in, about the natural gum, and we have plenty of chickle, and the decomposition of chickle, and it's not so good either. Okay. So just so you know, I mean, I can't give you the exacts, but there's a big dispute going on in the gum world about, uh, for real. There's like there's a big legal dispute camps. that's underlying in the gum world oh. about this because, because some chickle people are claiming that it de- decomposes, but it, it's questionable. Oh, yeah. It, okay. This stuff is like how long does still it like stay? rubber. It's like na- it's still rubber. Okay. It like decomposes after like 20,000 years. Like, like, yeah, okay. like probably 50. I mean, it, it will, everything will it's eventually. Like how you can recycle plastic <laughs> so it's, bottles, but yeah. you can really only get like 30% of it back. Yeah. So you kind of have to really look into it. But okay. so, uh, and here's the problem we actually launched with Chickle for lots of nice reasons, including that, and nobody wanted to chew it. I had to quickly pivot and order in some gum base from Europe. We tried that. Okay. And it was rejected. Uh, Texture-wise? Yep. Okay. Texture, flavor. It kind of, I don't want to say it has flavor, but it almost does. And I can get get you some to try so you can see what it's like. Okay, because this is really pleasant. Yeah. So that has a little tiny bit of chickle in it. We did try to keep a little bit in there, but we had to use a synthetic gum base to get acceptance from... Gum chewers. Whoa. Yeah. That's from so everybody. And are most of the bigger companies that you listed, are they using a synthetic base? All synthetic. Okay. It, um, so Dave also did a lot of work for Glee Gum. Glee okay. Gum is all natural um, chickle. So Dave's actually even been down to the chickle factory. He did an audit at the chickle factory. He's done an audit at the at the international <laughs> <laughs> synthetic company. Whoa. Dave's wow, got yeah. some experience in gum making. So naturally, I was like, we should really make some cannabis gum. Yeah, I was. I came back from Amsterdam and I brought some flour back. And he was working really hard at the time. They decided to try to make powdered tableted chewing gum. So they were thinking about putting a company called Amerabase. They were Eurobase. And they were thinking about making a company here. So they offered Dave, uh, not a vacation, a trip over there to work with Mike to try to come up with a product. Okay. So I tagged along. We were there for two weeks. That's when, I guess it was like 2007 when I decided to come up with, I was super high. I was with his buddy, Mike. Dave was grouchy. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, let's go for a walk. We were at work. He was like in this giant freezer trying to like get something to form. And I'm like, Mike, just leave him. He's better if you just leave him. So we went and were smoking and walking around. I was really high and I said, we should make THC chewing gum. Yes. yes. So epic. <laughs> I was at a gum factory. Like, so wow. it was like people were like, that's genius. I'm like, well, I was at a gum factory and you I was really high. Together. So, like, it really was kind of not that genius. Because <laughs> you kept doing it. That's the thing. Put that's two the... and two together. <laughs> right. Do this. And people are like, wow, I've heard that so many times. Wow. Mm. How did you ever think of this? That's so funny. <laughs> Super stoned at a gum base factory. <laughs> So it took a lot more to it. I think we did about 350 formulations of it because what we didn't realize is that it 
chewing gum is a resin. It's resinous, and so is cannabis. And when you put two resins together, it's like when you take two metals, you melt it down, and you put them together, you kind of can't get them separated so quickly. Okay. So we were having trouble. We'd make the gum, and we'd chew it. Like, it was always after work. It was late. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and we'd be like, really high. This is, And, of course, we had no idea, like, how much we weren't. We were just putting it in there. <laughs> Was this in Maryland? Yeah, so okay. we was total black market, and we didn't have access to anything that was tested or that had a, oh. that we knew what the concentrate percentage was. Were wow. you making your own concentrates or buying like street? Concentrates? Um, so the the very very first one was really funny. Um, actually, a company from I think it was Washington State sent in some. Literally in little glass jars like you get here, concentrate to Dave's wow. company. Wait, just randomly through the mail and ask the owner of the company, hey, we would like to make some cannabis chewing gum, mm. THC chewing gum. What do you think? And sends the actual vials. What do wow. you call the little dab jars? Yeah. yeah. Through the mail. And Dave comes home and tells me this. And of course, the owner of the company was like, oh, we don't, we can't do that. I mean, we're on the, it's not legal here. This is a terrible idea. Don't pursue this at all. Right. Basically, (laughs) that's what the owner and Dave comes home to tell me about it. And of course, he was just the bystander at the time. And I'm like, well, what happened to it? Like, like, where's the concentrate? Yeah. Yeah. My first question, (laughs) where's the concentrate? And he's like, in the trash. I'm like, <gasps> you got to go back and get it out of the trash. <laughs> oh, my. They, he at literally night, like, threw it. Yes, literally threw it at the trash can. Oh, my. So our gosh. first attempt, um, we actually had a little tiny bit, and we were just like hand mixing it in. So we basically made some gum. And then, and again, we still didn't have like a really tight measurements, but we we chewed it, and we got high. I was like, <laughs> this is great. And then the next day, we'd chew a little more of it, and we're like, Sure. I don't really, you know, then you start to second guess yourself. And then by about three days, I'm like, this doesn't work. So then we figured out again that it was binding. So then it was like, how do we get this to work? So I don't know how many tries later, we finally figured out a way to, to actually get it to be water soluble and encapsulated, wow. and we broke down. But you know what? Everybody's kind of doing a version of this now. At the time, it was very novel, mm-hmm. very novel at the time. And we went ahead and we kind of wrote our, I don't want to say we wrote our own patent, but we had a patent attorney that wasn't great. <laughs> Dave did a lot of the work himself. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it didn't go well. Oh, my god! <laughs> didn't go well. Wait, let's take a moment for Kate to <laughs> cough it out. What's been, like, your biggest hurdle with the whole, with Everything about starting a cannabis business and running uh, a cannabis business. I, what's the biggest challenge? Um, I think everything's challenging because I do nothing going into it. Really fun and exciting, and I really loved having our own place. Uh, the cost factor was probably our first hurdle because if it was more yeah. in line. Like we said many times, if we had the regular deductions, if the costs were normal to just starting a business, mm-hmm. you know, we'd probably be doing okay. Yeah. We could make it. We could make it. So that was the first big hurdle. And then the second big hurdle was we were just making gum and I was working on R&D for the Joy Bombs. And then COVID hit. Yep. And even though people were spending money on cannabis in the beginning of COVID because of stimulus money, 
um, the chewing gum was on the shelf and people were wearing masks and staying home. Right. So chewing gum was not going to be no the go-to. There's no tourism. Nobody's traveling. Nobody's drinking coffee going to the office. Nobody's right. going to eat lunch out and then have to hope that stuff falls out of their teeth with the gum. <laughs> totally. Right. So it gum just in general, not just in the cannabis, it lost about a 35% market share during, and it was already taking a little bit of a hit just because of gummies and I don't know, water bottles. And over the years, it's kind of become a little less mm-hmm. yeah. of a thing. I definitely, I used to chew Orbit, got the sweet mint flavor of Orbit gum all throughout. That's why you like that. Me too, yes, actually. All throughout totally. high school. And I think it's because like, when you're like meeting people, dating and stuff, you you're Con- always worried about paranoid. bad breath, always. Or if going to an like new job, going to meetings with people, lunch, lunch dates, dinner dates, like gum is was so important. I like in high school and college because you never wanted to have like the bad breath. Mm-hmm. Does any? It's I don't like know. now everybody it becomes a ritual that way. Too. Like it is a ritual thing. In the too. morning, you pop it, and then it's like or right after your the first coffee, class. On your, yeah. I think it depends on the individual, um, but you're either love gum, yeah, some or you're people, just some people just do not, yeah, mm-hmm. don't chew it at all. So I, mm-hmm. again, when you're out there and you're talking to people, I don't like. Okay, no problem, I get Great. it. But it's if like, you know somebody who does, <laughs> there's cannabis gum available but now. So many people like candy, yes, <laughs> or sweet. Treats of some sort. Can't call it candy. <laughs> I really do like the yeah the idea of a smaller dose that you can have multiple of. Um, I thought it was a good idea because mm-hmm. if you are a high dose user, maybe you just want to eat a whole bag of them. Yeah, yes, like please. a bag of candy because it has the exact same serving size yep. as the one that you might get in a Those regular store. Size, have you looked into making medical edibles? This has come up, and again, this yep. is such a sad, sad topic here in Colorado. This, in my dispensary, I'm buying it. If you have a thousand bag that's just Oh, like, yeah, a thousand milligrams. It would just like, be a huge bag of them because to just, yeah, I don't know. But then I, you could just pound them. Right. It's like then, yeah, boom. People would pound them, You I could think. do them in like but 50 milligrams. But it's kind milligram. of a harder sell, maybe. It'd be like a 10-pack of like 10, 100 milligram packages. The profit margin on the medicals is what's starting to make it go away. And again, we come right back to like, how do we make this work better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, we first of all, having two separate sets of licenses, you need to have two separate sets of licenses and two separate sets of a store and two separate sets of everything. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we just have like a tax exempt card of some sort or a... I walked into a dispensary in Oregon like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and everything just had two prices. It was like your medical price, your recreational price, and it was just a lot like more right cost in effective front. for the manufacturers and the stores. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would make some products hang around or expand into other. I mean, there's a lot of things. It halts mm-hmm. innovation. Definitely, I mean, that's my take it's, on it. Is regulation really too? It really is too bad. And even again, just with this this ten to one, mm-hmm. with this has come up at, at our at our meetings like week after week after week as we had to get rid of some that was that was expiring and it's got a decent shelf life so if we can't sell it in that amount of time and maybe shame on us maybe we didn't have the right people out there pushing it but again it was during covid so yeah i said well so let's hard. just at least reinvestigate it totally right like, there's a market for this product, it's just like, yeah, timing maybe. And timing, also. it was bad. Yeah, it's just and disappointing. seeing what, 
like, I don't know what pitches and like points actually work for people to be like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I want to try that. Like, maybe it's just like the selling points we think are the best ones, like aren't the ones people actually want to hear, you know? I think our biggest our biggest challenge has come to getting um, the customer, the end user, to know about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest challenge. That's the, probably our second biggest challenge besides the costs. Yeah. Is... Um, the, and my the marketing team there's a new there's a new <clears throat> bit of software that they're using now that's going to supposedly drum up the names of cannabis customers that are also gum chewers. Oh, because it is specific, and lots of times people say I didn't know it was there. So right now there isn't a lot of adverti- the advertising stuff in this industry. You know we're stuck with yeah. bud tenders recommendations. Marketing is tough. Shelf space. We just came up with a really cute new display. So hopefully, at least for the bombs, that'll get some some. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard. It's so regulated. It's an uphill battle for right. sure. Well, if you can make it here in Colorado, you can make it every anywhere, which was something I said early on, and I find it to be true because it is so saturated mm-hmm. that the market is just shaking you out um, because there is so much available. Yeah, totally. Are you in dispensaries in Massachusetts? We are. We well, we're just getting ready to start up manufacturing. So okay. hopefully by first last quarter of this year, if not for sure, the first quarter. Okay. They're going to say sooner, but I'm I'm going to say right. Twenty twenty three. Probably no. It's got to be sooner than that. It really does. I can't, okay. I can't say that. It's going like to have to be there. October, November. Probably November. I'm I'm hoping November. Okay. Hopefully November because they're rolling out and they've got to get everything set up and then the sales force has to get out there and they've got to start selling it. and Yeah. I think it's going to catch because I've been to a few dispensaries there. Have you been? I'm um, going next week. So. Okay, check it out. Yeah. It's a really bad my, shopping experience. Interesting. Yeah, my cousin was telling me that there's THC um, caps and stuff. So what I saw when I went out there was they're just they're just allowing displays, I guess, now. So there's very few displays. So you go in there and you basically look at a board or an iPad. Somebody will show you and they'll be like, what are yeah. you looking for? Yeah, and you'll be like, edibles. And they'll be like, well, we have we have gummies or we have chocolate or we have we have tablets. Okay. So you don't get it's to like, see the product. So we're going to... I'm looking for gum, you have to say, in order to... Yes. I was looking for a couple of products, and I looked up online. So mm-hmm. I online shopped, which is going to give you actually a better yeah. shopping experience, which is kind of sad to have these storefronts. Full storefronts that have to be so... The two stores I went in had plenty of space for retail. I'm There was plenty of space to like put displays out. And like smell flower and these sorts of things. I don't know if they'll that's... ever let that happen there. I think pretty much everything seems to be kind of prepackaged, okay. which is, I don't know a state by state if that's going to be a thing. Ugh, it's such a shame not to be able to smell yeah. well, I remember flower before. Go to a dispensary Very during like COVID and somebody style. was like, she opened the uh, container yeah. and was like wafting yeah, it with a, with a clipboard my way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've done that too with yeah. bud tenders. It's like, yeah, I know I really. I don't know. I don't know if Pre-pack. It's, we're spoiled or like I want to see and smell the bud I'm getting before I. I got. I was, they looked at me like I was a Colorado snob. So get as soon as they see you, know you're they're gonna see your license and be like, okay, this should be. Oh, and then of course I was on stealthy undercover marketing work. Unstealthy, so I so started you asking. Didn't this, want to say who you're with. Well, I, 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 it's not that I wouldn't, but I was asking questions because I was trying to find out, like, how do you get a display in the store? Yeah. Because the number one thing I'm thinking is somebody has to be able to see your product to even 
ask know it to buy exists. it. But if they see it, they're going to want it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they don't have anything like this there. Yeah, and I love the Joy Bombs packaging. I li- the Joy Gum is cute as well, but these are just the Joy Bomb is so catching. They're changing up a little bit for mass. They couldn't show the fruit. I they couldn't show the the uh, the bomb igniting part. I, there's certain restrictions, and we've got compliance people mm-hmm. looking at this stuff. What yeah. you can get away with and what you can't. Yeah, packaging man. That's... The packaging's a whole department of its own. Oh my god, I'm sure. Two of our last questions we always ask our guests. And sometimes they get modified. But um, we kind of have been touching on this throughout the show. But just to ask you more directly, what do you think is the future of the cannabis industry? And that could be Colorado or federally or just, I don't know. International. International. Worldwide, I I couldn't say international is kind of tough, but I think federally, eventually, I think within within the next five years, we might see some federal federal changes. Um, Whether or not that's going to make it even more difficult is is yet to be seen. Um, In the the local, we're going to see, unfortunately, more consolidation because it's the only way to survive it, and that's what I had to do. And it's um, merging it's, with it's other the only brands. way to make it work is just economy of scale mm-hmm. because it's so expensive. And once the, I guess the honeymoon and the, the you know the emerging market factor wears <laughs> off, and the prices shake down depending on how many suppliers there are, you, something has to happen. And right now we're seeing just the economy of scale. Some some places are just getting huge, mm-hmm. um, and some are just merging together and becoming huge. More white labelers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots yeah. of white labeling. More white labeling going on. So that's kind of what I see kind of a consolidation totally. here until it goes federal. And then then you're going to see a different kind of consolidation because you're going to have people like Juana that have – they're in 18 states. Yeah. And then you can't manufacture in 18 states and have that pricing work out. So then there's going to be a whole different scaling that you're going to see happen. Yeah, right. how they do interstate commerce is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Like, you it's got to be cheaper to make it in one location mm-hmm. and send it than to make it in 18 locations yeah. oh, so on a small true. scale. So then you're going to have this scaling up that's going to happen, and it's still got a and lot of prices ups and downs. are going to be like all the same in every state. So they're going to be like, you can now get $15 edibles out Everywhere. the door yeah. with Juana in... 25 states, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, well, like Walmart, and mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of changes. It's just we're just going to see continuous changes. I wish I could say it's not, but I think it is, mm-hmm. yeah. And then our last question, which is the fun one if you could consume cannabis with anyone alive or dead or fictional, who would it be and why? And what, what would you consume? And not family. Oh, yeah, not family. And not family. I well, always first forget of all, something. I would definitely smoke something. Whoop, whoop. And I don't, it's just a – who would I – I would definitely want to smoke something with somebody who's humorous because I want to have a really good yes, time. Yes, we love yes. to laugh. And I just want to chill and just – like Adam Sandler or something, oh, something just silly like one. that. Just like, yes. you know, just smoke a joint and just like – Oh, that would be so fun. Um, I would definitely smoke flour. Okay. And I'd probably, if I had my choice, I'd go to a bonk because that's always my number one go-to. Yeah. Mm. Very true. And I've got a couple of favorite strains. One would be, of course, the green crack, as I said. Yes, green crack. And there's another one that's really elusive. If you ever see it, it's called purple jagu. 
What? Okay. I've never heard of that. I hunted down. No, a friend gave it to us, and it was absolutely perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. We will have you back anytime. So fun hanging with you guys. This yeah, is so interesting. You. I have like more questions too that we could totally get into, but it's already going to – we try to cap it at an hour and a half because I, I just it. think it can carry on. And I'm nice and high. This was – Did you enjoy those? This is great. Yeah. Yes. Nice. One last thing is I want it to get to the point where people just walk in and go, hey, got joy. Right. Oh, I like that. And, cute. Yeah. Very cute. So everyone go get your Joy Gum, Joy Bombs at, they have them all over, like the Green Solution. Um, They're just picked up the bombs. Yes. I I know VGS carries the gum. Yep. Village Green Society in Boulder. And you can go on their website actually to do the store locator, which would probably be more convenient. (laughs) And Um, I do oftentimes, if you often say, just call the store in advance if you don't want to make it. It's very common to see stuff. call people. If Mm -hmm. you're really going in special, just give it a call first. Don't waste the gas in case they're out or something. Great call. Where can people find you? Oh, yeah. If they want to reach out to you personally. Well, you can always just reach out to me at amy at sharedjoygum.com. There we go. Yeah, I'm not a huge social media person. I'm now in the background, so. That's okay. You guys just know where to find me at personally, but you can always reach me direct through email, and I always answer. Oh, yay. Thank you again. You are the best. Um, All right, everyone. Thanks, and stay high. high.